0: Just go to Indeed.com slash wire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Well, here we go, my friends, and welcome back to another audio adventure here on Insight. I'm Chris Van Vleet, and thank you so much for being with us as John Cena is back on the show. Yeah, it's our fourth interview together. You can, of course, check out all the other interviews on my YouTube channel, and I'm sure you noticed, yeah, this episode is a little bit shorter than our normal episodes. But with that said, we pack a ton into the time that we had together. Of course, you can't see him because, you know, this is a podcast episode. Actually, I asked him if that joke Ever gets old. And it's so interesting to hear his response. Huge thank you to Universal Pictures for setting up this interview with John to talk about F9, Fast and Furious Nine, also for giving us the extra time that they did. Most of these interviews he's done, if you look on YouTube, most of John Cena's interviews for F9 have been exactly four minutes long. And check it out, we got more than 10 with the man himself. F9 hits theaters on June 25th. If you aren't already, You can follow John Cena on social media. It's simple. He's at John Cena. And I'm sure that if you follow him on Twitter, pretty good chance that he'll follow you back. I mean, he follows a lot of people on Twitter. Follow me. I'm at ChrisFanVleet. Also, if you follow me on Twitter, pretty good chance that I'll follow you back. Snap a screenshot. Let us know that you're listening to this. Tag us on Twitter or Instagram and let us know that you're on this ride with us. On this ride, get it? Fast and Furious? Oh, man. This is such a great conversation. So let's do it. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome John Cena.
1: So good to see you, John. Good to see you again, my friend. How's life treating you? All right? Things are great. How about you? I cannot complain, sir, at all. It is
0: always good to see you. Although, you know, no matter what we talk about during this interview, John, the number one comment will guaranteed be, why is he talking to a blank background right now?
1: That's, that's a Does same, that joke that's, ever get old? No, not at all. I, I somehow, through almost two decades of involvement with the WWE, have genuinely developed a superpower. I'm invisible, bro. Like that's pretty. That's pretty decent.
0: Not bad. So you're a bad guy in Fast and Furious Nine. Is this as close to a heel turn that we didn't get in WWE?
1: Uh, I. Th- Think So, man, you know, what a question. Uh, I knew you were going to have good good stuff. So I think, I think this is a beginning to showcase the fact that it's possible. And, uh, you know, now as WWE invests and, and builds its roster and has a wealth of talent and truly has a, a many different anchors to the ship now, certainly Roman being um, a, a very, very marketable and definitive star, I think the reason for me not exploring that side is because the WWE didn't feel confident that they had an alternative. And I respect that business choice, I really do. But now with them really laying the foundation for their future, I mean, even for life in the next decade or so, maybe, maybe, I don't know. But what I do like about Fast is it shows that I am a human being like everyone else. I experience anger, sadness, bitterness, resentment, all those emotions like we all do. And I'm given a forum to, to display it, just like with, um, like, Trainwreck. I, I, I'm always known for my childish comedy in WWE because it's a PG show. And then if I'm put on an R-rated comedy, everybody's like, whoa, is, he actually cusses. Yeah, of course. It's an R-rated comedy, so it's kind of being able to give, uh, get a new set of tools and work with those tools.
0: You know, the Fast franchise is all about family, and you and Vin's character, obviously, very close, your brothers. So, before you started filming, what did you guys do to build that rapport
1: together? So that's a, that's a great question. Before I even was offered the part, I, I had to, you know, go through kind of a series of interviews where Vin wanted to meet me in person, and I met him in his training center for about you know, a little bit under two hours, and we just spoke. And, and after that amount of time, we have, we have eight minutes to do an interview, and in this interview, we'll learn more about each other. Now, compound that over a, a serious amount of time with no constraints in, in an environment that's comfortable for Vin. He felt really good asking me bold questions, um, opening the forum for me to do the same. And after that conversation, he took a small social media video, and if you go back to see the video, I really didn't even say much because I didn't know what the hell was going on. It, had I knew I was joining the Fast family, I would have said some sort of bit about Fast. But it was kind of him him uh, assessing me as a human being and then putting it out to the universe of like, hey, what do you guys think about this? And I really thank everyone, WWE supporters, Fast supporters, because they were overwhelmingly positive. I also thank Vin for that conversation. I really enjoy that type of, like, earning your merits. It's very, very similar to the WWE. They... They assess performance, but they also do a bit of due diligence on who the human human being
0: is. And you fit right into this world. You fit right into this family. And I'm, I'm curious, with your background in WWE, you obviously know how to fall. So when you're in these fight sequences, when does John Cena get removed and the stunt double come in? How is that decision made?
1: That's made by people above me, and I never question it. Because uh, as Fast as it is a, a production that uses a whole lot of resource. And if we ever have to stop that production, we waste a whole lot of resource. The thing I was most amazed about Fast is the the little that they waste on resources. It's very vast and the scope is huge, but everything has meaning. And they, they invest, but they invest properly and correctly. And and it's, it's very much like WWE. It's a huge investment, but you can see the return when you set up massive pyrotechnics or turn a stadium into a... A beautiful LED display or digital display, that money's justified because as a consumer, I'm entertained by it. Um, yeah. So when they tell me, like, hey, this might stop production, we're going to switch you out, I don't be like, no, I'm not. like, I don't, 44, man. I certainly have never been tough in my life. I don't have to prove I'm tough. Like, I'm not searching for validation on my masculinity or who I am as a human being. So I, I really take the advice of those who know more than me. And when they're like, yo, you shouldn't do this. Okay, all right, great.
0: You are always dressed so well every time I see you, and I appreciate that because I think it's a sign of respect for the people that you're speaking with. When was the last time you wore jean shorts?
1: I can't. The last time was a wrestle, not this WrestleMania, but last WrestleMania. I can tell you this. I very much look forward to wearing jorts again. It's been, a, it's been too long.
0: I mean, it's, it's not a matter of if you're coming back to WWE. It's a matter of when you're coming back. You're
1: absolutely correct. Yep.
0: And, you know, now that live crowds are going to be back in WWE, full arenas, how excited are you for your music to hit and for you to be out there in front of the WWE universe?
1: So I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to modify the question because I think the question is selfish. Uh, I'm excited for the WWE performers. I know how hard it's been, and I don't think I could have... Uh, amazingly enough, I don't think I would have done very well in this atmosphere without an audience. But I also think that this time without an audience has allowed performers like, let's say, Roman Reigns, for example, to unobstructively mold his character. If you send Roman Reigns from city to city to city with paying audience after paying audience, there may be some audiences that don't even care what he, wants to, what he has to say. They just want to boo him or cheer him, or whatever. Without that, especially when developing a character, when trying to get your message across, when trying to hand somebody your business card, I think Roman Reigns has absolutely needed this time. And in it, he has developed himself, his personality, found out who he is. So now when he goes back to live audiences, they're not confused. He spent this 15-month block defining who he is, and he's the one that could benefit from this. Whereas established performers, uh, I, I think I really would have had a tough time with no audiences. So I, I, as a performer and what I enjoy out of the performance, I'm happy for the WWE to have crowds again. Um, I, I really look forward to getting back in front of those crowds, but I'm just happy for everybody that their music can hit and they can feel that genuine excitement that makes all of our hearts. beat.
0: We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It's been so amazing watching your career grow and blossom. And I think that someone who has done what you've done and has has, has like really carved out a niche for themselves is someone you know well, Vince McMahon. What's the biggest lesson you've learned from working with Vince?
1: That I could, um, that's another hour and a half special, maybe more. Uh, I could, I can, I can, I continue to learn from him every single day. Like there's not, there's not an instance that goes by where I don't reflect on my experience from the WWE and what he has taught me. And, and oftentimes learning from osmosis, he's not, he doesn't like hit you over the head with the lessons he bestows upon you, but like you can learn from his decision-making. It says a lot about the person and what you can take. Um, that, that well is endless and isn't dried up yet. I continue to learn from him. So, uh, man, I, I think the most valuable of all the lessons is, um, just, just show up and deliver. And, and he, that's something he doesn't say. It's something he does all the effing time. He's always there. He's always invested. People can question, uh, his creative motives or whatever they want. It's creativity. There's always going to be a punitive. He's always boots on the ground. He's always invested and he always believes and is passionate about the product. And I think just showing up and delivering, that's a, that's a huge takeaway.
0: You are constantly looking to improve yourself and get better. And I love that. I know that everybody loves that. Since your first film, The Marine, which was 15 years ago, that's crazy to think about. What have you done to work on your craft to become the actor that you
1: are now? I mean, if you look at it in that perspective, you know, um, I started out doing movies as a business decision. You know, uh, Steve Austin was originally supposed to do the Marine. He passed. Vince was like, hey, I need you to go to Australia. This is like two weeks before shooting. And explain that if we can bolster WWE studios, we will bolster live event attendance. So we can do larger buildings and we can be more widespread. I'm like, this guy's on to something. All right, let's go do this thing so I can get back to the ring. That's the wrong approach to take. But I continued to take that approach to the movies that I did. And in, in turn, I did a lot of bad movies. So now transfer that into WWE speak. This match would be good for the energy drink that I'm trying to sell. And if more people like the matches, more people drink the energy drink. No, you have a match because you fucking love to have those matches. And you want to be there and you want to be in the middle of it and look around at the the majesty. So it wasn't until, honestly, the Fred movies where I could parody myself. And that was kind of the start of all that. And right after that train wreck, where I could have fun with the process and expect nothing out of it. Fred was a cameo. Trainwreck was a cameo. And I did a bunch of other sisters, a bunch of other small cameos where it's like, stop looking at this as a vehicle and start looking at this as just creative fun. And the thing is, I was looking at WWE like that all the time. Like WWE isn't a vehicle for me to go anywhere else. WWE is where I want to be. And then I fell in love with falling into another character, taking off the jorts every once in a while and showing my ass on television. Like it's it's fun and it's imaginative and it also keeps the passion for WWE. If they change my character heel or babyface or not, it doesn't matter because I have these other outlets that I can I can express those emotions that I want to do. So I just really had to change my perception and that came with tremendous failure. I thought after all those bad movies I thought I was done. Like I 15 years later, I got a second chance at the movie business and we're here talking about Fast 9. That's amazing, man. But it comes through absolute fall on your face failure. Yeah, John, it's always a pleasure to talk to
0: you. It's always so insightful and thank you for sharing some time with us today.
1: Man, it's good to see you. I look forward to talking to you again Preston. Keep up the great work.
0: Well, there you go. And there is a reason why John Cena is in the position he's in with his career. And I think you can see it from this interview right here. Well, I guess you can't see it because, you know, it's John Cena. And also it's a podcast, so you can't see it, but, you know. Isn't it great knowing that he loves that joke as much as everybody else does? It's John Cena's superpower. Take a screenshot, let us know what stood out for you the most from this conversation. Post it on Twitter or Instagram so we can repost it. Tag us, John is at John Cena. I am at Chris Van I've seen Fast and Furious 9. I've seen F9. It is all kinds of fun. And with every movie in this franchise, they just keep taking things up a notch. And that is no different with this movie. You can see it in theaters beginning on June 25th. And if you haven't read John Cena's book called Be a Work in Progress yet, I can't recommend it enough. It's a collection of all of his advice-filled tweets. So instead of leaving you with a quote at the end of this episode, I'm going to leave you with one of John Cena's quotes from this book, from Be a Work in Progress. Any finish line is merely the start to the next race. And I didn't even do that on purpose, but we're keeping with this whole car theme here. On this ride with us, start of the next race, Fast and Furious. Wow, that was a complete accident. Be great. Be grateful, my friends. We will see you on the next one for some more Insight.